This episode is supported by Bounty Kitchen, one of my absolute favorite Seattle restaurants. Bounty Kitchen is no joke an extension of my own kitchen, except that there's so much fresh, local, organic, and tasty stuff on the menu that it takes me forever to decide what I want. The good news is you literally can't go wrong. Check out greens, beans, and grains dishes like the braised beef bowl, or dive into the vegan and dairy-free Marrakesh market bowl, or try one of my personal favorites for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the hot liquor bowl. There are also soups, salads, sandwiches, scrambles, and of course, toast, all infused with the deep love and commitment of founder and co-owner and my friend Meg Trainer and her team. Visit Bounty Kitchen at 7 Boston Street in Seattle's Queen Anne neighborhood or at 801 Lenora Street in Denny Triangle. And check out my interview with Meg on the podcast last year to learn more about her personal health journey and the inspiration behind Bounty Kitchen that's a place of uncertainty, right? Like, I don't know what this thing is. I know that there's something there and I kind of just have to wait around and until it reveals itself. And just being open to like sitting with that and not knowing that was very difficult and very uncomfortable because I'm a doer and this was more about being and just being present. Welcome to Women on the Rise. I'm executive coach and lifestyle expert, Lara Dolch. And each week I talk to thriving women about the practical self-care strategies they use to fuel their success and pursue what's most important to them in their careers and lives. We get real about topics like healthy eating, exercise, sleep, stress, time management, happiness, mindset, and productivity, while busting myths about work-life balance and being perfect along the way. My goal each week is to uncover new insights that you can immediately apply to your life to recapture your momentum, mind, body, and soul. Hey, podcast listeners. Happy Tuesday. How's your daylight savings time hangover going? If you don't live in the US where we collectively and voluntarily screw up our sleep schedule twice a year, just ignore me. So quick reminder, last reminder that today is the final day, Tuesday, March 12th, is the last day to submit your feedback in my Women on the Rise listener survey. So if you haven't shared your thoughts yet, please do that now. All you have to do is go to lauradolch.com slash podcast survey, and that will take you straight to a quick Google form. I promise it's quick. Most of the questions are multiple choice. Um, And I really, really would love to hear your thoughts as I continue to develop the podcast and choose guests and think about topics that you want to hear about. So I know you're busy, but please take a minute to hit pause now and just answer those questions. Again, that URL is lauradolch.com slash podcast survey. And don't be surprised. It'll take you straight to a Google form. So not exactly my website, but it'll, it'll take you right to where you need to go. So thank you for doing that. It really helps me out. Today, we're talking about making space for what's next and getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. A previous guest of this podcast, Nicole Miyuki Santo, sent me a lovely card once that said, trust the magic of new beginnings. And it was made even more beautiful by Nicole's hand lettering. Definitely check out that episode from uh, earlier in the year. The card came at a time when I wasn't happy with where I was in my work, but I wasn't sure what to do next. And it really spoke to me. It's been propped up against a wall in my kitchen ever since. Trust the magic of new beginnings. Surrender. Make space for what's next. Be comfortable with being 
uncomfortable. However you frame it, change creates internal drama for most humans. And if you're a natural doer, settling into the in-between space, the space of not knowing what's next is especially uncomfortable. So this week, I encourage you to lean into the discomfort of change, the discomfort of not knowing. Breathe, be still, observe what's going on around you. That's what will lead you to what's next. Today, I'm talking to my friend, Dr. Michelle Mazur, founder of Communication Rebel. Michelle believes that communication changes the world. She helps business owners and speakers rebel against the status quo to make a difference, one compelling message at a time. Michelle recently experienced a pretty big change in her business that resulted in the creation of a completely new framework for her work. And in the release of her new book, Three Word Rebellion, create a one-of-a-kind message that grows your business into a movement. But getting through the shift and even understanding what it was, was as challenging as it was eye-opening for Michelle. We talked about what happened when Michelle felt disconnected from her purpose and how she changed her trajectory to find it again. The series of remarkable happenings that led Michelle to her new path and how she allowed them to happen. What it means to go from doing to being and why it's vital to finding your way when you feel lost. The concerns that came up for Michelle as she made a pivot in her business and how she overcame them. And of course, the aha moment that prompted Michelle to get back to exercising regularly, how she overcame her fear of being out of shape at the gym, and how moving her body again changed the way she solves problems in her business. Enjoy the interview. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm excited to talk to you, especially now as you're, you have some big things happening in your business too. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. Like this is going to be a great conversation. Oh my gosh. Totally. I mean, <laughs> that's the, see, this is the problem though, because we could go on for like hours. I know. <laughs> and I have to like limit myself so that my listeners don't hate me um, for making them spend half their life listening to the podcast. But yes, let's, let's get started. And really, you know, the, the conversation that I would love to kind of have, or at least as the frame is this idea of learning how to be comfortable with discomfort when we're making any kind of change in our life or in our business or in our work, whatever. So let's start with this. Can you talk about a recent change that you made in business or in life and Mm. what that was like, what was uncomfortable about it? Oh, absolutely. So when I first started my business, I was working exclusively with speakers. I was working with speakers on keynote speech development, speaker marketing, helping them to find and pitch speaking gigs. And I did that for five years in my business. And it was something that I'm known for still. Like Even though I'm going away from it, I'm still very much known for it. And in 2017, at the end of the year, I realized that I couldn't do this any longer. I couldn't put out a podcast about how to find speaking gigs and how to make money speaking because it felt completely soulless to me. It felt like I had lost my purpose. I had lost track of my why, which is communication changes the world. And although I was working with amazing people, I felt like the content I was putting out was 
like it was so easy to replace with a Google search. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm pretty sure if you Google like any like how to get a speaking gig, my name will probably come up. And I didn't want to be doing work that was so far removed from why I started the business. So I realized that I needed to pivot, which feels uncomfortable because here you are and you're uncomfortable, you're, you're, you know, you're comfy bubble, right? Like (laughs) I was getting clients. I was known for the work that I was doing. Um, and it was comfortable and I knew that I could be making a larger contribution. I wasn't exactly sure like how I was going to do that. I knew it still had something to do with communication. I also knew that my speaking clients were using what we created for like messaging all over their business. So it was something that I sat with over the that holiday season. And by the end of it, through a series of remarkable happenings, I ended up developing a new messaging framework called the Three Word Rebellion. And now, oh my gosh, I'm going to get even more comfortable. I need to tell all the people who are following me that I really don't want to be known for speaking anymore. Although I would still work with speakers in the Three Word Rebellion messaging. But you know, it, there was all this fear around, oh my gosh, am I going to lose money? Am I going to get any more clients ever? People don't know what this three-word rebellion thing is. I have to educate and explain. And it was a big shift and big shifts are always so very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, and I, you know, there's also, I think this fear, at least, you know, this has come up for me, certainly as a business owner and even in just other parts of my life, like there's this fear of like, do I look like a flake? You know, like, (laughs) am I like, you know, do people think I'm like abandoning my thing? But, but talk to me more. So you talked about like mulling that over sort of over Mm -hmm. a holiday season. I remember that. And what that experience was like for you and what you did to sort sort through this impending change that you knew was was coming but hadn't fully formed yeah i remember at the end of the year talking to my energy worker and telling her that i felt like something big was trying to come through like it felt like there was something that was sitting right off to my side that I didn't know what it was yet, but I knew it would make itself apparent when I was ready. Right. And so, and that's a place of uncertainty, right? Like, I don't know what this thing is. I know that there's something there and I kind of just have to wait around and until it reveals itself (laughs) and just being open to like sitting with that and not knowing that was very difficult and very uncomfortable because I'm a doer and this was more about being Mm. and just being present. And then when it finally came through, it came through into like lots of little bits and pieces. Like I was just noticing patterns because as a former researcher, that's what I'm exceptionally good at seeing patterns and making connections. And I was watching the news a lot, which isn't the most healthiest thing to do in this day and age. But 
you know, I was seeing all the rise of all these social movements, whether it was, you know, Time's Up or Black Lives Matter or Make America Great Again. And I was like, wow, it's so awesome how social movements can summarize what they're about so succinctly and in such a compelling way that it draws people in to know more and to act. And then I realized that some of my favorite business owners and speakers and entrepreneurs did the same thing. And I was looking at Mel Robbins and the five second rule and oh my gosh, what a simple message she had. And she was becoming this worldwide phenomenon and she was known for literally teaching people to count backwards from five and take an action. And I'm like, oh, this is an interesting pattern, right? Like social movements and really successful business owners are doing the same thing. And then I just asked myself the question, I was like, hey, I wonder if I could take questions from social movement theory, things like what are you rebelling against and what change do you want to create and what kind of world do you want to live in and ask those of my clients and let them just write and just rant and rave and get it all out onto paper. And could we find a message from that? And the answer was yes. And this whole thing then became the three word rebellion. So it was, it was this period of discomfort, this period of seeking and sitting and talking to people because this all wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had a conversation with a book coach named Jenny Nash, who helped me really crystallize this idea. And yeah, it was uncomfortable, but it was, but just sticking with that and sitting with it and being willing to be with it was the thing that helped me start changing everything in my business. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like it was an exploration, right? So it's like being in this space of not knowing and just sort of Mm -hmm. accepting that and not fighting against it and sort of exploring, having, like you said, having conversations, you know, observing trends that you were seeing and that eventually it all kind of, you found the right answer, mm-hmm. collecting all that information is, is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. Eventually it all comes together. And I realized that everything that I have done in my life has been leading me to this point and to this work. So, you know, looking back, I have such clarity around like, oh, I was talking about that and that helped me get to the three-word rebellion or this happened to me and that helped me get to the three-word rebellion. So there's just so many things that I believe that happened over like almost the course of my entire life that has led me to this point to be doing this work. Yeah. You know, I'm curious, do you think that changes that we want... This is a strange way to ask this question, but do you think that changes that we want are less uncomfortable <laughs> than changes than we that we didn't expect to have to make? Mm. I don't know. That's a really good question. Because, you know, I think about other changes that were thrust upon me. And sometimes that's easier because now you can react. Like now, you know, okay, this happened. So what are my options here? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, you get into this action mode. Whereas this change was just like, oh my gosh, I'm burned out and don't want to be talking about the thing that I've been talking about forever. What am I going to 
do. And that was, I don't know, it feels like in some ways that they're equally as uncomfortable because it would have been so easy for me just to ignore it and be like, I'm just going to keep on keeping on with like not being happy with what I'm doing and not being on purpose and all of that. Um, So in some ways, I think when unexpected changes happen, it can be a good catalyst for growth depending on how your, your, like your mindset handles it. Um, whereas when there's a change we need or want to make, sometimes that can, it can be a little bit more difficult to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. It's like when it's forced upon you, you're sort of like, okay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess I'm doing this thing and you just figure it out. Whereas when it's more, um, internally driven, I guess it's, it becomes, it's more, uh, ambiguous and you're like, uh, what's mm-hmm. the plan here? And and I think, you know, again, your experience, like opening up and stepping back and like, uh, you know, that's been my experience too, when I've had these kinds of shifts where, you know, I just have to, for me, it comes, and I keep bringing this up. My listeners have heard me talk about this a million times this season, but just the idea of surrender. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. Does that resonate with you? Yes. Yes. And it's just, yeah. Cause that's kind of what you have to do, right? It's, it's more about getting yourself into a receptive place versus, okay, I'm going to like do, like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to do all these different things and fix the problem. And when you surrender, it's more of like, okay, I am just trusting that whatever needs to come will come through and this will get resolved. Yeah. Well, it's like you were saying earlier, it's the difference between doing and being. I think that was a really wise way to frame that. And um, yeah, it can be a really hard place to be when you're a doer, as you said. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I'm a hardcore doer. Like I do do. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, totally, totally. So I'm curious, you know, when you think about experiences in your, in your personal life, is there anything that comes up for you there in terms of changes in your personal life? I mean, obviously as a business owner, you're, you know, I can relate to like your work and your personal are very much blended. (laughs) Oh yeah. Totally blended. Yeah. It's all kind of the same thing. But when you think about, I know we talked at some point about, you know, kind of your recent journey around self-care and taking good care of yourself, you know, maybe that's something is that, can you talk about what that was like, what prompted some recent changes and what was uncomfortable about that? Yes. So like you said, business and personal is very much intertwined. So when you first start a business, you are so in it with the business that it's so easy to let your own self-care slide away, right? Like it's just something you put on the back burner. And I was at a point where, you know, like when I had a day job, I was so good about getting exercise and working out and all of those things. Like I had a routine around it. Like I would drive home from work and on the way home from work, I would drive by the gym. I'd stop by the gym, do a workout and then go home. Like that was the routine. And then when I started the business, I was so in it. And it feels like there's always something to do that it's so easy to to not, to let exercise go, to let getting out of your house go, to let getting dressed go sometimes, right? (laughs) Totally. um, So with this like revelation of the three word rebellion, it, it allowed me to get some more space and time. And I realized that 
oh my gosh, I need to start working out. And luckily, like I had already been walking, you know, between seven to 10,000 steps every single day for like the past year. But I know I felt like I needed to do more. And you know, like all of my friends seem to be doing Orange Theory Fitness. And what I liked about the idea of Orange Theory Fitness is I always liked um, like circuit training, like the idea that you're switching it up, you're lifting weights, you're doing some rowing, you're doing the treadmills. Like I was like, oh, that sounds really fun. That was always kind of the exercise that resonates with me. And also I have to take a class if I'm going to like I can't go to the gym on my own. If it's not part of my routine, it's just not going to happen. (laughs) Like I need to like sign up for a class and go. And I remember I was so hesitant to go to the first class. Like I talked to so many of my friends who were in Orange Theory Fitness because I was out of shape. Like I hadn't lifted weights in years And it was scary to go into this situation, especially, you know, I'm 45 and in class, I'm surrounded by like a bunch of 20 year olds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, um, you know, I kept hearing from people like, oh, but it's really, they're very accepting and, you know, you do what you can do and you push yourself as much as you can. Um, And so that felt really good. So I went and it was like it was scary, but I loved the workout. I was terribly sore afterwards, but some of there were just like some benefits that I forgot about working out. Like, oh my gosh, you sleep so well. Yeah. (laughs) Like you sleep like the dead after it. (laughs) And so I'm glad that I got over my nerves because it took me a while to actually go to the first class because I was so like, oh, is this, oh, is this going to suck? Oh, are they going to, like, are, are they all going to laugh at me? Which is so not even true. It's just the story I was telling myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm curious about, so since exercise seems to be the primary thing that you kind of locked onto, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I'm curious to know why that was like, did you have a past experience where you remembered that you just, you felt better and you performed better when you did that? Or why did you start with exercise versus like food, for example? Yeah. So for me, you know what it was? It was one Christmas. I was on the floor watering the Christmas tree and it was hard to get up off the floor. Mm, Yeah. And you know, like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, like I'm only in my mid forties, right? I'm like, this should not be so difficult to like get up off the floor. And I'm like, it was just like, there's something not right here. And I realized, you know, for me, it was, you know, exercise isn't really about losing weight or any of that. It was about moving my body and being at least getting some more flexibility in my body and building up my strength Mm -hmm. so that, hey, getting up off the floor isn't a big deal. (laughs) Right. Totally. Which, as you said, it shouldn't be. I've had experiences like that too, where I'm like, okay, I am only in my 40s. This is not acceptable anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need to fix this. I know. I'm like, it shouldn't be this hard for me to get up. And, um, And then you start thinking forward into the future. Like if this is this hard now, if I don't change anything, what is it going to be like in 10 years? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And besides the, so sleeping better, absolutely like awesome. Isn't that great? The side Mm -hmm. effect of exercise. What else have you noticed in terms of, you know, how you show up in your work and your life since you started doing that? Yeah. I feel like I have more energy. 
um, it creates more creative space for me just to be doing like even walking, like getting out of my house and walking every single day. Um, it just creates more space to think more space to be creative. And it feels really good to be in your body instead of in your head all the time. Cause I spend yeah. most of my time in my head. And me when I'm Yes, yes. And you know, when you are moving and I don't care any what kind of movement you're doing, it really allows you to be present in the moment and in your body and feeling like, oh, this is a little sore today, or wow, my ankle's bothering me in this way, or oh my gosh, I feel great today. So I really appreciate that presence to my own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find that you are better at solving problems? Oh yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And I think, you know, I feel like sometimes my, you know, my biggest breakthroughs come when I've taken a break and gone and worked out or gone for a walk, you know, because once again, it's, it's that doing, like I was chatting with a client the other day about Albert Einstein. And we have this idea that Einstein just like sat in the lab and worked his equations all day, but he was the type of guy who would get up, jump up from his desk and go play piano, go play the violin because he was stuck on a problem. And then he would come back and, oh my gosh, the solution would appear. Because when you are doing something where you're using your body, it allows like your subconscious mind to solve the other problems you were working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's so much research to back that up. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I I hope my listeners sort of take that to heart because it's, you know, there's this perception in our culture of, you know, if you take time to step away from your desk or to, you know, go exercise or, you know, whatever that you're, you're failing, right? You're like mm-hmm. not... You're slacking off. You're <laughs> slacking off. Exactly. And thinking, you know, shifting that to make sure that you understand that that's actually part of your work. It's a vital part part of your work. Absolutely. For all the reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So talk to me a little bit about your new book that came out. Um, Would love people to hear about that a little bit. Yes. So I just released a book called The Three Word Rebellion, Create a -a One-of-A-Kind Message That Grows Your Business Into a Movement. And as a former academic, I think when I have a new idea, my first reaction is always like, oh, I should write a book about this. (laughs) (laughs) I remember telling my husband about the whole idea of The Three Word Rebellion. I'm like, I think I'm going to write a book. He's like, of course you're going to write a book. That's what you do. And so really the book has a few different purposes. The one big thing it does, it helps you really to step into your power and your leadership to own a bigger message, to be the leader that people want to follow. Because I think that's one thing that's really missing from the business world is that, you know, it's like, oh, I want to have this big eight figure, seven figure, whatever figure business. But really it is about leadership and having a big message 
requires something radically different from you. So one of the things it does, it prepares you to create a message like this and then helps you through the process of creating it. And then it helps you figure out how to launch it into the world so people can start associating your name with the message. Yeah. I love that framework. And I, you know, what's interesting, it, it takes me back to something you said very at the very beginning about reconnecting with your why. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the three words rebellion framework is, you know, helps people do that. Yeah. It helps people really identify their strong viewpoints that they have and what, what ticks them off about their work in the world, what they want to change in the world. And, you know, I've had people say to me like, yeah, I know you wrote this for business owners, but I think it could be helpful for anyone who wants to make a difference because the three word rebellion can serve yes as that this is the change I want to create in the world in three words. And it can also serve as your own personal mantra to the, like the reminder of your purpose and why you're doing the work you're doing. And when life gets hard or, you know, it's so easy to forget that. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have a message like the three word rebellion, it brings you back to that point. Yeah, totally agree. Like understanding your why, your purpose, all Mm -hmm. that. I could not agree more. And thank you so much for sharing all this, Michelle. Where can people learn more about you and your book? Yeah. So people can learn more about me at drmichellemazer.com. And if you want to get a copy of the book, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, also on my website, drmichellemazer.com slash book. And yes, it's readily available and it wants to help you find your message. Yay. Thank you so much, Michelle. (laughs) Thank you, Laura. This has been a pleasure. That's it for this week's episode of Women on the Rise. If you're ready now to wake up with the energy, clarity, and confidence to take on your goals, visit lauradolch.com slash women on the rise to get a few resources I pulled together just for Women on the Rise listeners. For show notes and resources mentioned in this episode, visit lauradolch.com slash podcast. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and review the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. It's a huge help to the show and I truly appreciate it. This episode was produced by me with editing help from Dave Nelson at Lens Group Media. 